That's not quite all, folks. The Loon Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hallam, joined by. And I'm Jordan Schmitz. And uh, this is a very uh, superstitious show we're getting into today. Uh, this is. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. This is going out on Friday the 13th or around Friday the 13th? Um, oh, no. Wait. This is our 13th oh, episode. It's, it's oh. our 13th episode. Ooh. Oh. It would have been it would have been cool if this was going on on Friday the thirteenth, but uh, uh, is there not a Friday uh, the thirteenth no. in October? You don't post on Fridays. Oh right, yeah. Sorry. Post on Mondays. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I I clearly know um uh how our posting schedule works. Um. Yeah. So this is our uh, superstitious of thirteenth episode, and I think what is very nice is that we actually have a sponsor for this one. We do. We have a sponsor. Oh. And so uh, our episode this week is uh, sponsored by the Eagle Hand Laundry. <laughs> Does your eagle have dirty mitts? Go clean them. Yes, and hopefully so- if we, 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 we do these in advance, but hopefully by this point in the football season, the eagle's hands are still attached to their bodies. Um, <laughs> also, lampshading yeah. is a, a Philadelphia area-based podcast. and. And both, at least one, if not both, of our members are, are diehard Philadelphia Eagles fans. But um, fly Eagles, fly Mofos. <laughs> so if you understood that reference, you would know that this week's episodes are um, From Hair to Hair, which is a, a uh, Yosemite Sam Bugs Bunny short that involves Yosemite Sam having bad luck in keeping his temper afloat to save a million dollars. <laughs> Followed by the Ducksters, which is talks about Porky Pig being the most unluckiest game show in the world. Followed by our uh, Wile E. Coyote short that we had no idea we were doing until about uh, three days ago. Yeah, G Wiz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which basically, and, and also, just I don't want you guys to think that we have a, a, a secret calculated method of picking if there's something like we need a wild coyote cartoon or porky pig cartoon it's not like we go into like a randomizer on an excel sheet i basically just went through a list of them like okay this one looks interesting let's do this one and so that's why we're doing g whiz <laughs> we're not scientific y'all no and if you want to know how a wild coyote cartoon is an episode all about about unluckiness <laughs> have you ever watched a wily coyote cartoon in your life he is never lucky he is always unlucky. Even when he catches the bird, he's unlucky. <laughs> we'll get to that one in like 5,000 oh, yeah. episodes when we do the 80s ones. All right, so uh, the first one we're doing, which, like uh, Rabbit Rampage last year, or not last year, last week, it feels like a week. Jesus it Christ. feels like a really year that, that last week we recorded. I'm sorry. It, we're still recording this in the midst of um, of quarantine, so time to quote Steve Miller or Seal keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. And um, last week feels like last year, but last week uh, we talked about Rapid Rampage and the fact that both of us had a very sentimental feeling for it because we were into it in the years where it wasn't on 
the golden collections and we only knew it from uh, video captures or um, bad quality rips. And this one- it works memory. Yeah, <laughs> the good old days, right? Uh, this one I'm co we're covering first is a similar case, at least for me, because um, this one is from hair to hair. Um, or air. I, I, I'm going to suck at, at pronouncing this. From hair to air, I believe, is the actual one. Yeah, from hair to air. Yeah, but um, it's it's a it's a nice um, tail end of the golden age, sort of, for Young Bugs Bunny cartoon. And I remember catching this in two different factions that weren't DVD form. Uh, one of them was on the June Bugs marathons back in the damn Cartoon Network. This one would pop up and... It stuck in my mind because of the numerous sequences of Yosemite Sam falling and cursing. Like, as a kid, you can't really forget that. And also, I believe this one is included in Daffy Duck's Fantastic Island, which is. is the uh, Yosemite Sam segment of that. Um, or at least one of them. I think he has several. I haven't seen that one. But, um... Oh, you will. Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm, excited. I'm excited to watch it again for this, because... This is why I like that we're doing all the, the 80s movies, because I haven't seen most of them in a while, and I like all of them. I, I remember all of them pretty fondly. From Air to Air is it's a long-sought-after, well-liked, late Golden Age Freeling cartoon that is thankfully, as, I, as we record this on the uh, HBO Max, thank you for remastering it and putting it on there. It means a lot to us uh, diehard fans. From Hair to Air came out on September 3rd, 1960. In terms of things that happened on this day in history, not much is going on. I'll just give you a snapshot of the time. George Cukor's Let's Make Love with Marilyn Monroe was in theaters. The number one song was It's Now or Never by Elvis Presley. Very stereotypical 1960 things are happening. Um, but yeah, this is a Frisk Freeling short. It's interesting in that this is the part of the golden age, the, the 60s, 50s part of the Lincoln story where um, Ted Pierce is sort of out of the picture, so Frizz Freeling writes this one as well. Uh, it's also the first Looney Tunes cartoon to use a, a Vitaphone release at the end of it. So we're beginning to get into the point where it's less of a, like there's other factors at play in terms of release rather than just being independent Warner Brothers things. There's more of a TV thing in mind going in. Yes. And what is the Vitaphone? Vitaphone, you mean? Yes, what is it? I think it's it's a, it's a reduction sort of help company like Technicolor or something like that. Yeah, it, it, it's for sound. Yeah, like yeah. Sound. it is for sound. Yeah. Right, I should have guessed that. Yes. But yeah, if you can hear this one pretty clearly, it's because of the good folks at Vitaphone. All right, so getting into this cartoon, uh, the actual exposition and setup for this take a good minute and a half before we actually get to some good solid jokes back to back. Um, and I can see why, because it's, it's a very big setup for general audiences to get into. So I'll, I'll try and explain it best I can. We're in 18th century England, and Sam, the Duke of Yosemite, has been just been cut off by his uncle, the king. So it's, it's you know, royalty. It's, it's, it's British royalty, but they're all, you know, Sam doing American accents, whatever. And I, I love the, the, the penalty he uses on the servant who lets him know the nose in the book penalty, which has been used on me many times because I also have a big nose. Um, but it's very childish. And... We do get the actual concept of this cartoon because Bugs knocks on the door and he's a sort of nobleman offering a million pounds as a grant, which of course Sam is into, but only if Sam is able to keep his temper in check. 
and not have moments of explosions. And at any point, if he does have any moments of explosions, Bugs will be deducting money from the million dollar grant. So already, when you have that concept handed to you at the start of this, already you know what this cartoon is going to be because, and this is one of those cartoons that can only happen after these characters have been established. Because you know that Yosemite Sam is going to lose his temper and yell and scream because that is what he does and that is what's funny. And you also know that Bugs is going to do everything he can to screw with him. So you can kind of see where this cartoon's going to go in your head. Mm-hmm. And all of those wonderful places are as good as you would think in this cartoon because this is a really funny one. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. But before we even get into that and explosive bits, I just want to point out that one of my favorite parts of this cartoon, and there are several favorite parts of this cartoon that I have. Um, one of my favorites is Sam's calm and regal voice when he's trying to impress Bugs. <laughs> you know, because he's usually, oh, that racking fracking rabbit. But, you know, in this, he's like, oh, now, now, rabbit, I'm going to. <laughs> it's the most subverted thing. It's Mel Blanc <laughs> using a different voice to try and fool Bugs into thinking that he's not Yosemite Sam. It's wonderful. It, it, it's, it's a subversion from the usual yelling and frantic Sam, but it's also just full. It, it just shows how full of crap Yosemite Sam is, which we've always kind of known. But it's just the best way of telling us. Um, uh, where am I? Things have already gone over. Uh, yeah. We go to the uh, dinner table. Right. And this is, first of all, I love anything that comically or no includes a very, very long and ridiculous table set up that like people are at different ends and having to shout across like citizen kane used this less comedically but like even like laughs even like adam's family like it's a goofy concept um so yes of course you know bugs of course at the other end of this table asks sam to pass the salt which sam initially yells at him at and but i love bugs here's like "Uh oh that'll cost you about uh and then sam goes right back into the kiss-ass voice I just love how Sam is so unnerved to do anything nice. Even just passing the soul yes. takes him off. Exactly. It's a simple and something that he loses money for it. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. It's just it's the, the epitome of this character. It's like how much is he willing to change in order to actually get money when he's in the way of himself? It's It's yes. genuinely funny in this respect. And it just keeps getting funnier because then, of course, he's going back to his seat. And, it, and it's the first of many utterances in this cartoon of his usual guttural rack and frack and drag it, drag it, that which I love. And Bugs, whose voice is even funnier when he's projected from afar, goes, Oh, Sam, the pepper, please. <laughs> from the other side of the room. And Mel, Mel's anger towards bashfulness is so funny here. He's so good at this. As is his, oh, no, when Bugs asks for something else. Like, Sam just turned to the camera going, oh, no. <laughs> How about the olives? Ooh, it's just fucking... It's, <laughs> it's just building and building and building. Sam literally has to run into the closet and curse a bunch and then come back out. And we literally cut from outside the closet. We can still hear him. <laughs> this is just... The jokes are writing itself in this. And of course, Bugs is going to deduct more, and Sam literally now has to run outside the castle to curse. <laughs> further and further and looser and funnier, and it, it's, it all works for me. 
And I think it's one of those things like, I don't know if this cartoon is very well known or well loved by people. I don't know if it's like at classic status, but so much of this just works for me. And, and I imagine for you that I just wish oh, yeah. it were more loved. I think it has something to do with the fact that it being a, a, a 60s tune. Right. That the, the 60s era of Looney Tunes, has, it, it has this stigma attached to it, which some could argue is justified that, you know, Looney Tunes are good until 1959. And then 1960, it just all went to hell, which isn't necessarily true. I mean, even know? even like, like there are some from the early 60s that are good. I mean, Abominable Snow Rabbit, that's a good one. Um, oh, yeah. There, there's one or two that I'm forgetting that are probably really good in this area. And of course, all the Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons from the 60s, even into the De Patty era, are all really good. It's just because of the stigma of the Freeling De Patty era of Looney Tunes, which is still very stigmatic to this day. That uh, them from. And we'll uh, cover some of those eventually. Unfortunately, will. we'll have to. Unfortunately, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's the burden. It's the burden of doing this show. We have to cover the good stuff. Yeah, we have to be substantial. And the not so good. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of good stuff, this next bit uh, is a bit that I had a lot of fun with when I watched this. Because Sam leaves Bugs downstairs because Bugs is going to go up and go up to sleep in a bit. And it's it's night. And and Sam, you know, curses his way to the bedroom. We cut to an exterior of the mansion. And all of the sudden, we just hear music playing and Bugs just singing. I dream of a genie, she's a light brown hair. When I put this on a couple of months ago, just on a whim on Max, I cackled. I was gone at this bit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the equivalent of, and I'll use this because this was a movie I saw very recently that I don't think a lot of people or you have heard of or seen called Four Lions, which is a British film. Nope. And it's the whole thing about, it's it's a very odd satirical movie because it's about perspective and wannabe suicide bombers. And it's the whole thing that like- Oh, how cheery. Yeah, no, it's, cheery. It's, it's, it's not a very happy movie, but it's hysterical. And there's a whole, there's a sequence where they're driving to where they're gonna do this, this bombing and you just hear like ominous, like intense sounding like Arabic music. And, and then you just cut inside the van and you just hear them all singing, dancing in the moonlight. <laughs> that kind of switch from just being calm and being ominous to just going right into like popular music. Silly. That is what I thought of here. But yeah, literally. So this bit is all great. So Sam curses him out and, and of course, and then, of course, reneges and is like, actually, I, I could use a good Brahms Sonata. What do you say there, Frankie boy? And, of course, we transition to Sam in his bedroom. And we just hear these loud big band, <laughs> big band version of Rockabye Baby, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a marching band bass drum, the likes of which I have worn. I, I was in my high school's marching band. I drew, I had bass five. It was heavy as hell. And, um, and, and a crash symbol on top, and he's making as much noise as possible. And my favorite part of this, this is a clip that, Mark, you and I have had a lot of fun with over years, where Bugs peeks oh, yeah. into Sam's room and goes, you like it? And Sam just smiling and goes, I like it, I like it. I like it. And then, of course, he leaves yeah. and he throws another racket, 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 under the covers. 
which is yeah that's, <sighs> if you need a good reaction video or just something great happening you need a reaction i like it i like it it's pretty good every time there's a new trailer out that like i've been waiting yeah. for for a while like like when the when the trailer for bill and ted face the music came out and by this point that movie will have come out i will have seen it and made an opinion on it but when that trailer came out which i've been waiting for for like a year mark sent me that clip of just you know you like it and i'm like i like it i like it <laughs> <laughs> the next gag is ever so simple bugs is taking up time in the bathroom sam wants in he pounds on the door Bugs whops him while swinging it open, shrugs when he sees no one, and slams it to reveal Sam smushed behind the door. It's the quickness of a Roadrunner Coyote gag. It's genuinely great. And then <laughs> Sam's reaction to the latest deduction is just angrily banging his head on the piano. And Bugs, who's a wonderful asshole in this one, just goes, hey, Doc, what's that song you're playing? I like it. <laughs> this is one of those scenarios where because, you know, we love Bugs, but Bugs in a lot of these cartoons can be kind of an ass and be kind of like forwardly mean to a lot of people, even if they do or don't deserve it. But here, as Sam is this emotional whirlpool of, of lack of control and Bugs just keeps needling him into it, we're still kind of on Bugs' side, even as he does meanish things, which is really the essence of this Bugs character. So Sam turns to the camera here. And he, he states the obvious to us. He said, if this keeps up, I won't have anything left. So now, with two minutes remaining in the cartoon, Sam finally decides he needs to kill the rabbit. So we have two minutes left, and we haven't even gotten to the part that I remember as a kid, which is great, because this is already a really cartoon, funny cartoon. We haven't even gotten to the rack and frack and falling bits, which is immediately next, because, you know, Sam cuts a hole in the floor, which means we're getting more Wile, Wile Coyote-ish things, you know. How is he going to avoid not falling through that even if you just cut it. And he gets Bugs to come out of the bathroom. Of course, Bugs won't Bugs. Sam runs into the bathroom, grabs Bugs, runs right past the drop zone, and once Bugs is off of it, falls down into the, the water. It is so and, and damn course, fun. Just, and of course, just cursing, like, fuck it, fuck it, And splash. And this, okay, this next bit killed me. Because... <laughs> Can I just say... Sam, he, he come, Go ahead, go ahead. And I just say, the cursing is even funnier as Mel comes further away from the microphone. Oh, yeah. Where he's just, you can see he's just going from from near the mic to just further and further away as he goes further down. It's so funny. Oh, God. Go, sorry, go ahead with you, this bit. Yeah, so he goes back in the shot. He just goes, why you? And immediately just falls right in the same trap. Like, <laughs> the timing. It's just like, why you? Damn. It's like immediately. The and then Sam cursing. That Freeling. Oh, God. The timing that Freeling was capable of in this era is. Uh. Oh, good. Okay. So now we have Sam grasping his straws because, you know, Bugs is climbing up all of these ridiculous stairs. Sam is at the very top of the staircase, dressed as a knight, takes a swing at Bugs, loses his ballast. Falls and curses down the entire long stairwell as he, and as he does so, Bugs is just doing all the math and the deductions as he curses. Yes, just, just. And, and this was the the thing that we quoted all the time. Yes, rack and frack and schmack and whack. Yeah. 
It's the it's a great way of getting around like when your elementary school isn't keen on cursing, so you can just do rack and frack and schmack and whack and then they can't say anything to it. Yeah, because like one, it it gets gets your point across, and two, it's funny. Yeah. So like, like like go with go with goofy humor rather than actual threats. Like 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 they they get mad at you when you when, when they say in schools, oh I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill somebody. They get mad at you for that. So after a while I just started to say, I'm gonna throw things. If you if you don't stop doing this, I'm gonna throw things because that is inherently funny. Just the fact, oh, you're gonna throw things. Which things are you gonna throw? And how goofy are the things gonna be thrown? Like t chairs and tables, pillows. It leaves it the imagination. I'm gonna throw this stuff, duck. Nah. So the last gag is amazing. So Sam, after a while, has finally figured out how to throw control his temper by having all of his servants pie him, whack him with things without going mad. And he's just, he's trying to say, see, rabbit, see, I'm cured. And he's just going back and forth and bucks to the breaks. camera. And he just goes, I haven't got the heart to tell him he's used up all the money, which is perfect. It's perfect. That's a great ending. That's a great ending. Because he's deluding himself at this point, Sam is. Oh, my God. So, is it obvious that I really like this one? It, it ties into the whole bad luck theme a little bit because mostly his bad luck is self-imposed because it's really just, you know, it's, it's, you know, he's shooting himself in the foot every gag. But even still, Sam repeatedly shooting himself in the foot and taking away any chance of getting money or getting goodwill is just funny no matter how many times they do it. Bugs doesn't even have to do too much comedic heavy lifting in this. Bugs is... A lot of his jokes are just like writing things down or, or restating things. This is mostly just the Yosemite Sam show. And it's how more people don't think of this as one of Yosemite Sam's best ones, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree with that sentiment. Um, I, I do have a bit of a, a fun fact about this short, yeah. if, if, if you want to hear it. I want to hear it. On April 21st, 2016, each one classic aired this short following the movie Purple Rain. Was this one of Prince's favorites then? I have no idea. I also had no idea if each one had the rights to air Looney Tunes cartoons in 2016. But now, now yeah. that you mention, now that you mention it, I, I believe that um, that it, I think Prince was a, a a fan of this cartoon because uh, if you recall um, his um, his controversial appearance on Saturday Night Live in the 1980s where he was censored for saying in the middle of party up, fight and war, such a rack and frack and schmack and whack and bore, party up. <laughs> we took a long time to get to the punchline, but man, was it worth it. Ah, uh, yes. So, what's your rating? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm giving this a 4.5 out of 5. I'm nicking it because of the the the... the expeditional start but aside from that this is just wall-to-wall -wall joy for me this is just so damn funny and it just hits yeah. again and again for me and the fact that there's so much opportunity for clips from this for memes from this a couple months ago um i i took a shot of bug singing on the piano in this and made it twitter viral for a week or so uh it's uh. a very Without even meaning to be, it's a very iconic. It allows itself for a lot of humor while also being very humorous. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna give this short a five out of five. 
simply because when you scale it back, this is an old hat formula of a plot. Like it's just it's it's again it's like um like the wabbit who came to supper or whatnot. Yes. Like it's just bugs going to an enemy's house and begins to drive them crazy. But I think by by this time by 1960, where Frizz has already made that short, yes, he was able to take that premise and actually put a good spin on it with the losing money aspect. Yes, and that just strengthened it even more. If anything, it makes it more funny because you know he's just losing money every time he, every time he does the the typical Yosemite Sam stuff. It's so funny to hear him cursing, like it, it's. It's way funnier than like like if they released like I don't know why they would do this but like they released like a blooper reel uh kind of like oh kind of like um Porky's uh bad day or whatever that they put on a going collection right. of like Porky swearing. <laughs> that sounds a bit, 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 bit. I don't even think actually hearing your semi Sam curse would be as funny as Racket Fracker Schmacker Fracker no, Jacker Fracker. It's Fracker. really not. Because yeah. it's so cartoony. Because this is one of the most violent, intense people in the Looney Tunes cartoons, and he still goes rack and frack and schmack and whack. And it's the most <laughs> cartoonish subversion. Oh, just so much fun. Uh. Fighting war is such a rack and frack and schmack and whack and boy. Party up, party up, got to party up. Okay. Uh, speaking of music and yeah. radio. There you go. All right, so on uh, September 2nd, 1950. 10 years and one day earlier than the short we just covered. God damn. Yeah. That was not intended, but cool. For that um, Was the um, the short called The uh, Ducksters, which was right. released on September 2nd, 1950. Um, in terms of what happened that day, actress Rosanna DeSoto was born. She was in the movie uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, uh, Stand and Deliver, okay. and La Bamba. Okay. A lot of Edward James Olmos movies. Okay, cool. And um, the title here is a pun on the Hucksters, which is apparently a satirical look at the world of advertising. So not, as I initially thought, a Alejandro Dumas novel. No. <laughs> And um, Clark Gable was in its 1947 film adaption. Right. So at the time, this was a reference that moviegoers in, 19, in 1950 would understand. Exactly. All right. So, and so this is a um, it's a, a Porky Pig Daffy Duck cartoon. It's a uh, Chuck Jones directed, Michael Maltese written short. And um, there isn't really a plot to this. Uh, the basic plot basically is. Daffy Duck is the host of a radio game show called Truth or what this is. It's just Daffy's the host of this crazy game show. Porky is the contestant. And through, I want to say about five minutes of this short, it is complete and total Porky porn. No, that's shit. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 It is, I think what you're trying to say is it is basically torture. Is Porky, Porky, Porky. Pig torture porn. Yeah. Yes. Sort uh, of like how um, episode of SpongeBob now are Squidward torture porn. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So this uh, shit. Okay. 
Leave it in. So, They'll love it. It is oh, oh, chef's kiss. Hello. They'll love it. Hello. Hello. So, <laughs> yeah, this is just, it's Porky Pig torture porn. In fact, the short begins with Porky Pig just being <laughs> almost fed to a, uh, to a blade. shredder, yeah. A, a shredder and it has to say like oh uh, the the con the, the, the con picker machine was invented by so and so and then david just turns it off and says you are absolutely correct so right off the gate we're coming to the middle of this broadcast so yeah, this, this is where we're starting. starting we're starting in the middle of porky pig stressed out trying to uh, win stuff and, and a, an important recurring gag here is that uh, this uh, crazy show is sponsored by the Eagle Hand Laundry, in which it's a service that cleans eagles' hands. How nice. The talons you gotta leave alone, but you know. No wings, no talons, hands. So, and did that be just, you know, ask, like, impossible to answer questions, like, who was Cleopatra's um, aunt? He's like, oh, is that the uh, the uh, maternal or paternal? And then David really goes, hey, watch you're on the air. Like, like watch your language. <laughs> like, uh, again, this is this is a Daffy who uh, I do think this is a this is a Daffy Duck that you know we talk about like oh the um you know the cynical greedy Daffy and the wacky crazy Daffy. I find that this is actually a really good mix of both because. Yeah, Daffy, Daffy is wacky here. Like he, he, he's making no sense at all about this show. He's not giving Porky enough time to answer a question due to his um, speech impediment. Mm. Daffy, you gotta be respectful of people's disabilities. Yes, Daffy, come on. This is 2020, you can't be pulling that crap now. Now in 1950. Yeah. Oh no, we shouldn't have, anyways. <laughs> So, and that means pretty much his joy is just saying that because Porky didn't get the question right, he has to face the penalty. <laughs> this is a great recu recurring line. And, and just a few examples of penalties that happen to Porky include Porky getting drenched by uh, 600, oh, 600 uh, quarts of uh, Ni Niagara Falls. Yeah. Getting tied up and having dynamite put in his mouth. And having to name all 48 states. In all 48 states by 1950. And uh, Porky names New Jersey before he gets blown up. So, Woo! hey. And of course, there's, there's also a, a good moment. Look, I'm not going to go in order. It, it, it's really like a gag fest, it doesn't really matter. Anyways, so one of the questions asked is, you know, Dr. Like, okay, who? Mind you, who? was the referee for the New Zealand heavyweight title fight in 1726. And Porky gets it right. And Daffy is just more surprised than we've ever seen him. Yeah, just, he just, and a, a great, uh, a great picture that everyone should put in their reaction folder of just Daffy yeah. being completely surprised by it, looking at the paper, and then he just goes, no coaching, please. <laughs> like, as the audience, like, and then he just goes like, okay, who was his uh, second grade teacher? And also smart. And then, of course, Perky somehow answers that question right, too. <laughs> and, and again, 
what I like about this one is that this is clearly aping a lot of the game shows and radio game shows of the time. Like, like just like later they do a, a play on uh, Name That Tune, which is which was the whole bit where you know Daffy plays a piano bit from an opera and it's only one note. Or um, what do you call it? Um, there, there's references to a lot of the old, the very early game shows, like 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 Twenty One, I think was one of them, and. Uh, the, the the sixty four thousand dollar question or whichever whichever was the one that was the the, uh, the subject of, of quiz show with um, with Ray Farms um, a lot of these early ones I think were lampooned I think it's basically Chris Reeling saying can these get a little ridiculous and why do we go about them yeah yeah uh, yeah Chuck Jones also like Chuck Jones yes that's what I mean Sorry. yeah yeah so and, and and one of the also really good guys here is. Um, it's just Daffy going like, okay, you know, if you get this question right, I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you the jackpot. <laughs> and, and what exactly happens in that jackpot one? Um, uh, it is a pot or- that he gives him. And <laughs> uh, he says, because your name is not Jack, you cannot have the jackpot. Yes, which also a, a very fun audio clip of Daffy just saying, here's your pot. Was that the best audio clip in this entire show? The- the, the the best audio clip in that episode was from earlier when um when when Daffy's trying to get Porky back into it and a guy uh a guy in the audience goes You'll be sorry And then Daffy just shoots him. Daffy kills a man. Daffy is so dedicated to torturing Porky Pig in this short, he is willing to kill a man in order to do it. He shoots the guy that's coughing during his piano concerto. I mean, you know, it's it's all kinda even. Yeah, I guess so. Anyways, um, we have moments of, of Porky just completely not wanting to be there anymore. Uh, there's a moment where after he gets, after he, so, so, so after he just goes, okay, here, here's two buttons. I'm a, you can press one of them. He presses one of them immediately, and then a, a vault hits him for no reason. And that just, Porky goes out of the vault, he's just wheezy, and Daffy just goes, because you're a good sport, I'll let you hit the other button. Push the other button, and the rock, and, <laughs> and it's one of the prizes, the rock of... The rock of Gibraltar, yeah. The rock of Gibraltar. It's just... It's just <laughs> funnier and funnier. It's so weird. That's the one that I got from this short is, and again... There's no real plot here. It's literally just, just Mike Maltese and Chuck going, okay, we want to make fun of these game shows. Let's have Porky Pig get destroyed countless times for answering these incredibly hard questions because after Porky is taken out from under this rock and, and Daffy just goes, like, okay, you know, here's I'll just answer another question. About a, about an opera, like okay, I'm gonna play one note from this op. Oh, no, okay, I'm gonna play you a sample of an of an opera. You have to tell me which one it is. And just Porky going, just says, uh, but but I'm weary. <laughs> just, you feel so bad. But for I'm him. weary. But, but I'm weary. Sure. <laughs> And of course, no time goes, okay, and here's your here's your opera hint. It plays one note on yeah, the piano. That's your name, that tune parody. Which is a game that I 
in my younger days, I participated in. <laughs> TV named that tune. Yeah. I was amazing in it. Everything's yeah. gone downhill since then. Exactly. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so then, you know, he perky, he guesses a play, and it he gets an opera, and of course he gets it wrong. So yeah. Doctor says, okay, so now you have to pay the penalty. And then Porky goes like, but 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 I don't want to face the penalty. <laughs> and then and then Daffy just ups, threatens him like, hey, okay, you got thirty-two teeth. She's like to only have sixteen. Jeez. And then Porky is like, Jesus Christ. And then Porky's like, are you threatening me? <laughs> just, it was real dark for a moment there. It's like, are you threatening? Because if you are, my Joffrey. And then Daffy just yells out a classic hell. Cry for help was sponsored by. This guy fell brought to you by the Eagle Handle Tree. Jeez. It's just all clicking together without really being about anything. And. Uh. So after this, we get our, our, uh, our final gag here yes. in which. In which Daffy just plays an audio recording from a Mrs. Shush, which is a, a mystery person. And, uh, you know, Porky has to guess who the person is. So Daffy says, here's Mrs. Shush brushing her teeth on Wednesday. <laughs> and just the absurdity of, yes, of course I have a vinyl recording of this Mrs. Shush brushing her teeth. Because, you know, everybody's so got to have one of those weird. on hand. Bonkers. It really is. And it's even funnier when you find out that Mrs. Shush is really just a, a, a huge gorilla. Yeah, see, he who appears in, and, and I just love this little, gag, this little joke here, who appears in obnoxious pictures, jungle jitters. <laughs> it's just, just obnoxious pictures. I love that. And also the fact that um, Warner Brothers did actually make a cartoon back in the day called Jungle Jitters. Oh, okay. Callback. Yeah, yeah. It was a freeling joint, uh, though <laughs> Though the IMDb trivia wants to be, is all like, no, this isn't a reference. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it can be if you want it to be. I'm going to think that by, by this point in 1950, they're like, man, we made some crappy shorts 10 years ago. What the hell is that Jungle Jitters short? Damn it, Frizz, what the hell? Let's put that in as a Blame joke. Frizz. Blame Frizz. <laughs> so Daffy just goes, you know, you know, gets the person, and he guesses it wrong. Daffy says, oh, but don't worry, because right behind that door is Mrs. Shush. Come here. And Porky's so happy. He's like, oh, good. I'll, I'll add to my autograph collection. Again, we love Porky, but he can be really gullible in situations like this. Yeah. And Daffy just... Lowers the mic. I also love that little touch. Is throughout the short, Daffy just messes with the microphone height for no reason. <laughs> it's just a, a nice little touch they have there. And then just Daffy, Daffy going, now what? Now what? Uh, Porky doesn't know is uh, Mrs. Hush is actually, you know, like Miguelo, the 600 pound gorilla from Jungle Jitters. And then immediately we get <laughs> just barbaric animal noises as the gorilla beats the crap out of Porky. And Porky, he, he opens the door, and I just goes like, ah, oh, yes, enjoy seeing Because, uh, like, Porky is about to choke a bitch. Yeah. 
And then Amir, Amir just goes, Amber, being a good sport, here's the, um, what do you want, like the, 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 the $26 million and three cents or something. Yes. It's like a very, again, just a, a play on these game shows. Like, why do we give it a million dollars? Just give it a weird ass number. So Brookie wins the num he wins the money, and he um, he just walks over to a phone that's there. He calls the head of the rate of the uh studio production. He just goes, uh, excuse me, yeah, um, how how much would it cost to to buy your a radio broadcast studio? Yeah, twenty six million dollars and three cents. Sold. <laughs> and then we get our wonderful ending where Porky just decides to screw with Daffy now, which is it works so well after everything Daffy's oh, put yeah. Porky through. It's such a great ending. Just Porky, and just love the animation of Porky, and just taking the paper away from Daffy and very quick so the animation just goes. You know, well, who's the? And then Daffy's like, uh, uh. Uh, and then Porky goes, oh, I'm sorry. Now you must pay the penalty. Yes. And then Porky just, and then Daffy just gets everything he did to Porky at him. He gets the Niagara Falls. Yes. He gets the vault drop. He gets the rock. <laughs> and then we just, uh, our final shot is we just transition to where we started with Daffy tied up on the blade, just screaming. Uh, Have you got Lady. Which I think was a real line from a radio show from that era. And that was a reference to a, a radio show called uh, Dr. IQ. Ah, yes. Where the announcer would say, uh, I have a lady in the balcony, doctor, ah, yes. as a way to introduce a new contestant. So, I completely forgot how crazy of a short this was. Mm -hmm. It's pure Daffy Duck's yeah. It's a pretty good cartoon. It's light on plot, but it does make up for it just how absurd of a game show host Daffy is. And again, just the, the, the swift revenge at the end, it just makes up for the torturing yeah. of one porky pig. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Uh, just, uh, I have to go watch this for the absolute looseness of the plot, but, but still, the gags were really good. Exactly, and that's also what I'm giving it. The intricacy of the questions and game show setups impressed me. They still hold up now in our super streamlined era of game shows where instead of answering questions, people now go on TV in ridiculous costumes and dance to various uh, popular songs. BBC has kind of brought those back with the, with the, with the summer games. Of those, don't get me wrong. Um, I like their new match game. I like their new uh, Press Your Luck. Um, Tell the Truth is really good. Yeah, I like to tell the truth because I like Anthony Anderson. They're very good at booking not D-listers, but people who are out of the conversation but can still be known in things. I mean, like, it's it, it's not like, and of course I know this fact, I, like, it, it's not like um, way back when they would have, like, the last person who saw, who was at the assassination of Abraham Lincoln or... Walt freaking Disney or anything like that, but uh, yeah, but so yeah, for pretty good uh, guests. Yeah, and I mean, look, I'm I'm biased because I grew up in the era of Tom Bergeron's Hollywood Squares, so that's my really. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, oh I god, that. I love that one. I love that one so much. Kermit the Frog was in the square. You knew it was going to be good. Oh one. yeah. <laughs> and they would do special guest weeks. They had the cast of Survivor on. They would have the guest of Who's Line on. They would have. They would pull out all the stops, man. Um, but I, I that, you know, hey, Tom Bergeron is 
as a recording, up and out of work. Hollywood Squares back ABC. Yes. Give Tom that job. Come on. Give Tom Bergeron something to do because he's genuinely incredible at things. Yeah. But anyway, that was the Ducksters. And we go on to our third and final uh, cartoon we're talking about, our Wiley Coyote cartoon. Gee whiz with several Zs. Now, this was released on May 5th, 1956, uh, the day the Judo World Championships were first held in Tokyo, and the day that Jim Bailey ran a, uh, a marathon, or no, no, Jim Bailey ran a mile in three minutes and 58 seconds in L.A. So those are some very interesting things that happen. This is your standard Jones and Maltese uh, Roadrunner Coyote one. This is early enough into it that it's still fresh, but late enough into it where the backgrounds are still very more, a lot more stylized and a lot more typical of the later Roadrunner Coyote shorts. I like how the credits are interspersed with Roadrunner and Coyote chasing each other. Like the credits appear on a bus and it's, it's very creative. Yeah, and like the sign says... Seltzer Sign Company. Yeah, for Eddie like, Seltzer. Uh, oh, it's a wink at Eddie Seltzer. Yeah. This is I've always wondered about, because, like, you see in the Looney Tunes documentaries about how, like, Leon Schlesinger, how, like, he was in charge. And then Eddie Seltzer took over, and then the studio closed in 1960. He's like, wait, 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 what about Eddie Seltzer? Like, what's his story? Did, was he good at it? Like, the, the clips I've gotten about from documentaries about um Tunes, about eddie seltzer was basically he was this stern sort of um you know he, he ran the company he was like you do your thing i'll be here and i'll you know he wasn't the sort of live character that leon schlesinger was it's the equivalent of another football metaphor i'm so sorry guys john madden who coached the oakland raiders who was this big flamboyant personality Eventually, he stepped down in order to get a broadcasting spot and was replaced by a guy named Tom Flores, who was this very laid-back, quiet, forceful. He's, he was not the character that John Madden was. His whole thing was, okay, we know what we have to do, and we know how we're going to do it. He was very anti-Madden, and he still won some Super Bowls with them. But Eddie Seltzer is pretty much the Tom Flores in this perspective. And not everybody remembers Eddie Seltzer or Tom Flores because everybody remembers Schlesinger or Madden. So when you put it like that, it's a lot easier. Anyway, you don't have to care about sports for the rest of this damn episode. Uh, instead, here's some Wiley Coyote gags. Um, our Latin names, uh, Coyote is Edius Birdius, and the Roadrunner is Delicious Delicious. Simple. First gag is proof of concept. Roadrunner outruns the coyote by doing a U-turn before he can actually realize and turn around. I love Wiley's little egad sign with a couple of exclamation points. That's a nicely used GIF. I use it sometimes. It's yes. nice. So first, Wiley Coyote tries to shoot it with a rifle. The Roadrunner outruns the bullet. <laughs> then sort of the bullet confusedly stops and falls to the ground only to blow up when Wiley picks it up. A very simple Looney Tunes gag. Yeah, very um next is first of all i love whenever we do a, a wily coyote car uh, cartoon and we have a shot of him pacing silently just angrily pacing <laughs> back and forth and then suddenly getting an idea yeah. i love that it's so cartoonish there's again one of my things that i always bring up on this damn show there's a who's line episode where ryan styles in party quirks plays wily coyote trying to catch the roadrunner <laughs> and there's one bit while the host of the party is trying to guess other people. Ryan is in the background pacing and thinking of an idea. And you can just see Wiley Coyote in his expression. 
in like he's latent. He's not active yet, but he's waiting. I love that. The next gag is classic. He gets an Acme steel plate and puts it to his chest and waits for the Roadrunner who runs through the plate and his body. And he just slowly <laughs> realizes and walks off weakly. Like, oh, dear. <laughs> Wait a minute. And he just looks. But yeah, I love that one. Eternal organs are gone. Oh, no. Yeah, let's not stop and think about that. Let's go on to the next gag. <laughs> and the next one is brief but great. He throws a stick of dynamite on a fishing line towards him, but he overfires, lands under a boulder, the dynamite goes off, the boulder flies up in the air and lands on Wiley Coyote. Simple, it's out in 15 seconds, it's really good. A lot of these are that quick, and I like that. And then we, uh, and then we go to a classic one that uh, we've previously seen in the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, in which Wiley Coyote then has an Acme Bat Dash Man's <laughs> outfit. To avoid copyright from the very studio that owns Batman. <laughs> yeah. So it's like Disney going, it's almost like an iron sort of person. Hey, look, it's Particle Man. Hmm. No, wait, that's a song. It's almost like, man, that talking dog sure is insane and silly and certainly not goofy because that would be an infringement against us. Your show. Can we say before? He, he has this winged suit, he jumps off, throws around a bit, gets composure, and he actually flies. Yeah. And again, it's funny, this is an Acme product that actually does work. Well, let, let's be clear here. The Acme products work. Wiley Coyote doesn't. Yes, because you know, he, he's arrogant, of course, rule of three, he's arrogant, pops the wing three times. Immediate crash to a boulder. Just immediate. He then peels himself off the rock, falls down, and he's trying to fly with the wiring of the wing. That's not working. He just crashes to the bottom of the branch. Uh, the next one is pretty classic. He's hanging from a branch with an anvil and a rubber band, but his feet keep slipping, and he, en he ends up falling. And I love the little music bow as Wiley comes back up from the road. Um, the dynamite apparatus is next. I love the 3D shot of him demonstrating it. So it, just, it holds up the 3D to us and then just cranks it back. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's a nice little minute moment there. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Very cool. It's, a better it's probably better 3D than the actual 3D Tune short they made. Oh, boy. We'll get into that. Lumberjack rabbit, right? Uh, Wiley tries that in action, it flings him back, the apparatus collapses, and he winds <laughs> up with the lit dynamite. I, oh, I love it. I love the final shot of that with blown up, craggy, pissed Wiley. Oh, yeah. the apparatus. <laughs> yeah, too much, uh, white lines drawn around. Yeah. Uh, and then up next is the inversion of the tunnel wall gag. Because we get a, a, a big matte poster, and Wiley paints a scenery with a bridge out to trick him which the Roadrunner flies through, and now Wiley's the one that actually goes through it when it's a bad thing and falls into the painting's gorge. It's really interesting to think about the physics of it versus the, um, the, the, tunnel, the tunnel wall one. Because, you know, that one, it works for the, the Roadrunner, but not the Coyote. And this one, where it's a bad outcome, it works for the Coyote, but not the Roadrunner. Yeah, I think that if the Coyote wasn't so gung-ho on getting this Roadrunner, he'd do really well in art school. He would! He's an excellent painter. He's a really, he's a really good painter. 
Maybe, I mean, that, you know, then again, then again, Hitler was also a pretty good painter. So, damn it, I knew you'd go there. Wow. How did you know I would uh, go there? How did you know? Because any show that says, you know, he could be a painter, I mean, there's like, only one punchline. Yep. Yeah. Only one punchline. And I'd like to say a special hello to our listeners in Germany. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so then we get a bit of a continuation because Wiley, okay, so Wiley realizes that he can't fake a bridge out. So he attempts to actually mine a bridge with TNT and blow it up. Yes. He does it for real. And of course, he Detonator doesn't work. Yeah, it sticks. Try, turn it, turn it, step to the ground. Then he runs onto the, and then the ruiner runs off, runs after it, and of course, right when he's out of frame. We focus on the fuse box slowly clicking into place. <laughs> the last one is the jet motor gag, right? Yes. I love this one. This is a really, really, really good final gag. It's got a great callback to, to, to the first gag, which, which is always good. It's, which is always good. It, yes. I love that callback because, once again, the Roadrunner takes the U-turn off to keep from going off the cliff. Wiley Coyote keeps going, doesn't look down, and switches off the the, the motor so that he's going to eventually fall. Because he, he made a, um, a makeshift bicycle from, like, Acme products. So he's just... Essentially. Yeah, yeah, so he, he just turns off the motor, thinking, like, okay, how do I do this? And, of course, he's still in the air. And the Roadrunner comes around the cliff, <laughs> points, and then we get an amazing Wiley Coyote reaction once he realizes what's going down. There's all of them just sort of gets yanked downward at once at different points. And an amazing ending gag where Wiley holds up a sign of, how about the ending the cartoon before I hit? And then as we iris out, a thank you. <laughs> So well done. Uh, so well done. Yeah, that was a really good one. Um, I do have some things that were uh, cut out in some uh, TV airings of the short. The first gag with the uh, rifle was completely cut out. Yeah. Yeah. As bigger. well as uh, the the Y Coyote blow the Roner with the dynamite spring that was edited mm. to remove. Oh, this sucks. They removed the um. The punchline of why Coyote looking disheveled with the with the suit around him. That's the funniest part. It lets the you know he's part. okay. Cut it out. Mm. So bad. But yeah, that's, that's that's a really good one in my opinion. I mean, it's hard for one of these Wiley Coyote Roadrunner ones to really fail with me, but I think all the gags hit. I think that it's a pretty good progression of different uh, failures and. I love the little callbacks to the first gag and the last gag. I think I think it's by here they really had the formula down. Um, yeah, so um, I'm gonna give this short a four out of five. It's pretty good, pretty good. I had no real issues with it. It just no, it, it's a Wally Coyote cartoon. You kind of get what you expect. I'm giving a four point five out of five because I really like this one. I think it's one of the better Wally Coyote cartoons, and I don't think there are any gags in this that don't work. All right, so. Our next week's show. Yeah, what are we doing? Ooh. Get oh, shoot. Halloween's coming up, right? Because. Yes. Because for next week's show, we're going to be covering three. Well, not scary. No, because these are for kids. But but, but they're yes. really funny. Uh, we're going to be talking about Transylvania 6-5000. Oh, that's a great one. That's another great 60s one. 
Yes, it is. Uh, scaredy cat. Good. And a classic for both of us. Uh, hair raising hair. Oh, good. It means I get to break out the Peter Lurie impression. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, that's a really good uh, course load. And again, we we love Halloween over here, so it's it's very cool that we get to do a Halloween episode. All right. So uh, so so. Gossamer's next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, or as so, I called it when I was a kid, the big red monster. <laughs> Alright, so that's the end of our show. If you want to follow each of us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Halem 1995 And you can follow me at TallGuySchmidt. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title we are the first result you can also find this podcast wherever podcasts are regularly seen online be it your apple podcast your google podcast your spotify podcast your player fms wherever you can locate a good podcast these days we are probably there and if you know where what to search for you can find us pretty easily so until next week i'm mark and I'm Jordan. Thanks for racking, fracking, schmacking, whacking, listening, and we'll see you next racking, fracking, schmacking, whacking week. Fracking, 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 fracking,